Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. It's Monday, Monday before July 4th. Love you, America. Happy birthday, Monday. It is a Monday following the going into of the Big 12 on Saturday. Also, a Monday following a ruckus, a wild, a crazy, a fun, a a thrilling Packed weekend in downtown Cincinnati Monday. It's also a Monday where there's plenty to discuss, including a mammoth commitment on the football front, the quarterback, one that uh, is turning heads left and right. It's also a Monday where I get to come in, uh, take a take a break out of the long and wild weekend here of the July 4th celebrations. And that's a Monday where we welcome in only one of two guys. Only only one of two guys. My pals, the OGs who have been here from the jump. That's right. Without further ado, Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel. Gentlemen, how are we? Good. 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 If I was any better, I'd be twins. There we go. There we go. After was, that pre-show, I was, was in a was great mood. to hear that. Before the pre-show, I was in a great mood, but then Brent got weird. <laughs> Just because I said I, I love July 4th and the weekend is great. Yeah, very, um, very American of you. Would you say that July 4th falling on Tuesday <laughs> is the best day of, of the week for it to fall on? Would you say that's a probably um, the best? I as mean, far as, I, I had to work today. You know, uh, just in general. And, in and general. tonight. And then tomorrow I have to do 6 to 9 on radio. Okay. Okay. So I don't get to enjoy 4th of July at all this year. So no, I would disagree. Hmm. So maybe, maybe <laughs> Rachel. Rachel had to work today too. So uh, no, it's it's inconvenient, really. Um, it's kind of a pain in the ass. For and there's no there's no days off for the kid. But but right. works off tomorrow. Yeah. Not not for me. Right for Aaron. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Would have been would have been better to have the weekend with Monday. Like Monday would have been good. Okay. Friday, Monday, like. Yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is just a weird day for a holiday. Unless it's like Christmas or you know, obviously right. Thanksgiving. I think Wednesday is probably the worst because then it's like you have to go in type feeling. Monday it's, and Tuesday, and then you yeah. have to go back Thursday and Friday. Right. Yeah. Next you year. don't really get so to next year. The, next year before it, the yeah. will be the worst. Unless it's a leap year, who knows? But but, but Chad, sir, long weekend for you down there at uh, on the banks, if you will. A, a, a fantastic, fun-filled weekend i imagine break it all down for us man and I, i'm gonna ask you in, in finer parts but just as a whole uh, the the place uh, was I mean, buzzing. It, was, it was it was packed i mean it was chaos downtown like mm-hmm. people everywhere everywhere um but you know it, it was it was the most uh friendly crowd like large crowd i think i've ever been a part of like everybody was in a good mood. Nobody was like, you know, pissed off because they had to stand in a line. That probably uh, was helped by the fact that I, I don't think there were line. Like uh, Friday night, we were outside the stadium. Right. Right. And um, they had concept. You know, there were some concessions and stuff set mm-hmm. up at Smell Park, and um, there was a there was a much much longer line. For the cold brew 
uh, stand than there was for the beer stand. You right. could walk right up and get a beer or a white claw or whatever, but you had to wait 10 minutes to get a cold brew. Must and have you had to wait something like in that cold brew, 30 huh? minutes to get a Coke. Right. Right. So that's part of, you know, the audience being uh, 13. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was, it, the energy was great. Like the people were, people, like I said, everybody was friendly. Everybody was just enjoying the music and having a good time. Uh, I, I'm not the biggest Taylor Swift fan in the world, uh, but I credit like the, what the, her community that she's built, like they buy into, you know, being chill and everybody yeah. was very chill. So it was, uh, it was, it was a good time. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the, just the amount of business and, and money oh. raised all around each city that she's been to has just been incredible. It was nuts. It was bananas how many people were down. I mean, we hung out Friday before the show. I, I was at Rheingeist. Right. And then went to um, uh, the Red Leprechaun where Kiss had their, Kiss 107 had their, like, live broadcast pre-show or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and, I mean, you didn't see a single issue with anything. And, and it was slammed from... Mm -hmm. The front door of Paycor Stadium all the way to Great American Ballpark. There were people everywhere. So it was it was a, a kudos to the city because that could have been a disaster of epic proportions. And it went off as smoothly as I would ever have imagined. So well done, everyone. There you go. There you go. As as Aaron off screen, maybe he'll be back here shortly. I I want to get more, obviously, after the uh, the old introductions. I want to get more on kind of what uh, the whole you know Ryan guys tapping and everything because you were there for the beginning. Um, seems as if it was it was kind of a, a, a very fun event, but uh, obviously, yeah, Chelsea, welcome, welcome in. But uh, yeah, the Swifties, man, that whole thing. It's uh, she's she's got some absolute hits, some some bangers, if you will, uh, and it's. Like, like you said before, it, it moves people certain ways. It makes, you know, it, it helps mold and, and mend and do certain things for, you know, it, whatever they want it to be. And, and that's why Taylor Swift's got such a following. And that's why it's like one of the most incredible tours ever, if you will. So, uh, she put the able to... in seats. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my friends Aaron's were there on Friday and, and they sent some pictures. <laughs> And they sent some pictures, and the place just packed. Looked like it was a you know playoff game atmosphere in there. So um, it was uh, awesome to hear. Could could you hear the music outside? Was it pretty oh, yeah. clear? It was loud. It was very clear. Wow. I mean, obviously, you couldn't see the 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 jumbotron or anything, right? But the music was was crystal clear. Yeah. Uh, as long as you were like, we were in the south end zone, mm -hmm. right outside the south end zone, and right. it's open at Paycor. Yeah. So. That's, you know, that's the way that the speakers were set up and the sound was traveling. So it was crystal clear from where we were. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a electric atmosphere as well. Um, and, and of course, you saw the, the videos people had of like, you know, while Taylor Swift's performing and the, and the Reds hit a walk off home run and this or, you know, win the game and they've got the fireworks going off. It was just a. No, they had a firework Friday. So they had a 15 minute firework display right after during the show. Yeah, I thought my daughter was gonna go murder somebody at the Reds. Because it's too. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, they couldn't. She couldn't hear. 
kudos to, to Taylor. I think she delayed. She really only played one song during it, like while the fireworks were happening. Chelsea can correct me. I think the fireworks uh, interrupted the song that was a tribute to her dead grandmother, and it okay. was just bah, 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 bah. you couldn't hear anything. Oh man! So I think that's what happened. I am happy, Chelsea. I'm in a great mood. <laughs> They didn't like them outside the stadium, Chelsea, because you couldn't hear anything but fireworks. And yeah. Chelsea couldn't hear the songs. Then they should have paid for a ticket. Cry. Jeez, Aaron. Oh, man. Uh, but, hey, you know what? If if she played, I, she's got Enchanted right now is my favorite song that she sings. If you've heard it, Aaron, suggest you listen to it again. It's It's quite moving. Aaron's cranky. Guess it's juicy. Cranky. No, I just I hate talking about it. It just doesn't interest me at all. I'm looking forward to talking about not this. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Hey, well, Aaron. Well, then, hey, I, I'm going to pass it to you then, and enthrall me with your fun weekend. How are we? Uh, both the kids hit home runs in their baseball oh. tournaments. Were they little league so, home runs or the Power Boys? Uh, I mean, they. It's, it's all twelve U and eight U, but. Um, still over the fence, like they there weren't we like they weren't running around trying to beat the ball to home plate. So right, right. Um, it was a good weekend for them. Both came in second in their tournaments. So well yeah. done. There you go. Any any plans for the fourth tomorrow? Any big fun on the docket? Just gonna cook. Got some some meats to throw on the on the blackstone. So some what smash burgies? Uh, that and some varieties of, of dogs, oh, well. jalapeno cheddar worse. Um, okay. We also have, uh, some beer, beer brats, beer brats. and, uh, big red smokies. So, okay. Okay. Hot dogs. There you go. Love a good big red smoky. Mm -hmm. Ain't nothing wrong Tasty. with a good hot dog. Nice and tasty, tasty little, little crisp. Would you have a would you have a hot dog eating contest, Aaron? Who do you think's winning that? Um in between who? You, Chad, myself, Royer, Dave. I'm I'm saying Hegan. Royer. I'm gonna go Brent. I think I, I think if there's a little competition on the line, I I think it'll come down to Royer and I both like. I'll just start. I wouldn't rule out Keegan. Keegan's young, high True. metabolism. Good good endurance, probably, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he works out. Like yeah. He's in good shape. True. He yeah. probably eat a lot of dogs. The, uh, they, they call him the glizzy gobbler, you know. That's a, it's his weekend festivities. Um, I, I don't know that anyone calls him that. It's okay, Chelsea. Aaron just doesn't like things that make other people happy. It's fine. Right. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, if it's your birthday, he will purposefully not text you until the next day and be like, "Hey, what's up, man? How was how was your weekend?" But that's just that's just Aaron. And that's talking T Swift here on the BBP. And you know, if, you had, if you're on your way to T Swift and like you know you're you're trying to beat the, the crowd and get there on time, and all of a sudden your car breaks down, you've got to hurry up and detour to Danco Transmission and Auto Care. Danco Joe will hook you up real quick. And you'll be able to get in and out, get yourself a nice fixing, little ten dollars off the that, or you know ten percent off of 
any other thing you need. Uh, Danco Joe will hook you up. You can no longer mention Taylor Swift to Danco Joe, but you can mention Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel and, and the BBP and Bearcat Journal. And uh, Derek, Danco Joe will hook you up. So, Danco Transmission, I don't care. Love you, Danco Joe. Love you so much. Um, but, yeah, as as we mentioned, uh, there, there was something else that, that went on, not other than the Taylor Swift concert this weekend. But uh, there was – there you go. And you, you guys are going off in the chat. But the big thing that happened was as the clock struck midnight on Friday night into Saturday, it was the – the uh, what do we call it? The, the the segue into the Big Twelve, the the long-awaited, officially official in the Big Twelve for the Bearcats, guys. When the uh, when the ball finally dropped, when the when the slipper fell off the foot, and you know, running away from the AAC, what were you guys' feelings? Were you both awake at the midnight drop? I, I imagine Chad, you were because you were in the in all the craziness still. But uh, when 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 midnight finally hit. What was the feeling that you guys had? Uh, I was just kind of getting home and getting settled from a big night downtown. A long, but, uh, long day. Yeah, yeah, a long day. I, I, I started at noon at Rheingeist, and I think we got home at about 1140. Oh. So uh, made it home just in time. Uh, but, I mean, it was, it, it you know, I guess it's kind of weird because we just like we've known for so long now. So this was just right making it official. Um, but it was it was good to know that I'm never gonna have to cover Tulsa Impul again. Right. Like I, I, that's what is more important to me is is getting how much better for business it's going to be to cover games that matter all the time instead of looking on the calendar and going, okay, this game matters. And then uh, you got two weeks and then this game matters. And then you got three weeks and this game matters. Like knowing that every game means something is going to be a lot of fun. It will. Well, Aaron, just initial thoughts when that, uh, when that Friday turned into Saturday and, and the, Officially official for Cincinnati. It was obviously a little different as a Big Twelve headquartered on in Central Time, so it was kind of like a like a double dip, if you will. You know, get to like celebrate sure. New Year's a couple different places at the same time. But um, when uh, when when the ball dropped for you, thoughts, feelings, emotions. Um, in that moment, in the, the couple minutes there after midnight, I just wished my dad was here to get to see all of this come to life i mean mm-hmm. it would have been a really cool moment for us to share and unfortunately you know he, he isn't here to, for us to do that but um that was that was where my head was at just we're finally there and it would have been cool if he got to experience that yeah yeah i mean that's that that's a crazy thing it's like you know this is it's long been a a journey not only for fans and you know administrators and this that and the other it's like literal families have have been through all the trials and tribulations of conference usa you know it's interesting there was a i i in my friend chat there was a picture of conference usa back in 2004 and zero teams are currently in the conference usa that are yeah. in that were in 2004 that's just how much sports and college sports have, have completely changed since then and some some teams have boosted up others have fallen down others are 
still middling around in the AAC. You know, it, it's kind of a it's an interesting thing. But Cincinnati is one, you know, one of the the few who have been able to level up to the top of the quote unquote power five now. And, I mean, it feels good to be able to just say like power five conference. You know, it's, it, we don't have to dick around and throw out the power six anymore. Or never did you know, that once. Yeah, well, neither did I. But uh, we, never once did I. Did, other than making fun of it. Uh, never yeah, once did I right. claim Power Six. Yeah, Get the fuck out of here. Pinto did a great job <laughs> of, of that as well. So I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I mean, like you got a lot of Oresco for it. It's like, yeah, You're it's the gonna, worst. We're we're the best. That is not even a part of the conversation. That's just like, right. we're the skinniest kid at Fat Camp. Right, exactly, hey! exactly. It was one of those things that where you knew how much it bothered people who were in the Power Five. Right? It was kind of like the Buckeye State where. We knew we we hadn't beaten we we haven't beaten Ohio State since like 1961 or something. So I mean, it's just one of those things where it's it's a it's a subtle dig and pisses people off, and that's my type of humor. Right, right, and, and you know, I shouts to Michael Davis. I was uh I was out at at the bars in, in downtown Indy when when 12 midnight hit, and I I peeled away for you know an extended time into the bathroom uh, just to kind of sit there scroll through twitter luckily you know Pause. they didn't have that new restriction thing on twitter or else maybe maybe no one would have been able to see the uh the video when it was released but you know it, it was good to kind of just get that nostalgia rolling through the veins get that excitement going through you know really good job on that on that video even though it was only three minutes kind of encapsulated the entire just rise and and how much success there has been in order to get to there. So, um, you know, shouts there. I just watched it again about an hour ago, trying to get excited for this. And a lot of things have happened uh, since, you know, AAC and this, that, and the other, and then all of a sudden finally getting the opportunity to head in there. But, uh, you know, I, I want to go back to that day before, the Friday before, because obviously every good thing that happens, it, it starts early. You know, it's it, you're not going to celebrate New Year's right after 12 midnight. You're going to celebrate New Year's on New Year's Eve and then roll into the new year. So, Chad, you were able to be a part of that celebration the day prior. You were there for the early part, and then obviously Dave headed in there. I, I think I saw Keegan posted a picture from there as well, but that's the yep. uh, the the ever-changing landscape of college sports represents a new NIL initiative and the ability to connect with local breweries. And I tell you what, there's been none better than since he reigns taking that and Rolling with it all the way with Cincy Light and Ryan Geist. So, Chad, first explain how awesome the event was in the beginning. Uh, you know, Dan, if, if you want to watch the video of the kind of the first sip and whatnot, I, I suggest you watch your video that you recorded because the other one that's out there, it looks like Dan takes like a tiny sip of his of his beer. You know, he, did, I mean? it, he gave he did like a taste sip. Right, right. Yeah. Like before he did the real sip, he gave like a little. Yeah. All right. Let's let's do this. Well, and then, but but it's funny because the, the other video like cuts off right after that, and then it's like, uh, eh. yeah, that ain't, but, that, ain't, that wasn't it. <laughs> but yours, he like does it, and then he takes the full gulp. So, um, just just kind of break down how cool that was, you know, being there and whatnot, and the atmosphere. I, I mean, Friday lunchtime, it's a, uh, it it takes people kind of really down to have excitement for this whole, you know, rolling into the Big Twelve and whatnot, and also rolling out of of uh, Cincy Light and. With Cincy Rain, so just that whole experience, and then also gotta get a breakdown of your thoughts on the beer itself. So honestly, I think like the the hype around the weekend helped. Yeah, 
like going because everybody knew like it was going to be a big weekend right and, and you didn't want to miss it so i think that kind of you know pushed people because even at noon like there were probably 60 70 people just outside the doors waiting to get in mm -hmm. uh at noon and then a steady crowd flowed in like if you were where we were sitting we had a good view of the door and people were just steadily filing in for i was there for about two and a half almost three hours yep. and um it was it was a steady steady crowd the upstairs like the rooftop bar was full and then all the tables if you've been to ryan guys all the tables the tap room is massive massive and all the tables were full um so it was uh it was really well attended uh got some some free cheese conies out of it skyline okay. was there that was nice yeah and uh i mean most of the main festivities were that night but uh you should have seen the delight on everybody's face when they started figuring out you could buy those 32 ounce crowler cans right. and like take them to go like th those things were gone by middle of the day like before yep. before the night uh josh the cans will be available in stores in august from what we've heard so uh look for that in august there's i think the count is up to like 45 restaurants that they have on tap Mm -hmm. uh already so um yeah it it's it was it was a really cool event um and the beer is exactly what they set out for it to be i think right. that's the best way i can describe it which is hello easy drinking it's game day Easy drinking, like no bitter, you know, some light beers kind of have that, that, that they did too much on the barley. They did too much on the hops. Like they've got maybe a little bit of a, a bitter taste. Um, these things were smooth, man. I, I had to be careful because I had to go meet up with my daughter and, <laughs> you know, be a dad. But I think the first two went down in about 25 minutes. <clears throat> And somebody asked me if I wanted a third, and I was like, well, I definitely want a third. <laughs> but if I drink a third, I'm going to be here until six, and my daughter is going to, like, stab me in the neck right, for right. not being down there with her and, and the holding my dad responsibilities. So I stopped it, too. But it is very, very good. It, like... We still don't know, like, obviously there, there's going to be a difference in the taste between what's in the, on the tap and then what's in the cans. Um, that's just, you know, how it goes. So if the cans taste anything like the tap, Rheingeist might've messed up. They might've made a beer too good <laughs> because if word gets around, that's going to be everybody's easy drinking beer, like yeah. without hesitation. Yeah. Especially with what goes with it when you do purchase a, yeah. a case. Of well, but I'm talking about people that don't have any affiliation, like don't care right? that it's tied to the Cincinnati Collective or whatever. Mm -hmm. When people start drinking this beer, it is going to be hard to keep in stock across the Queen City. Like it, it is that good. It really was. There we go. I, I mean, should we, we should do like a, some, some case races, BCJ case races, and 
when they're available and just you know <laughs> support the Cincy Reigns, but also uh the, the beer Olympics is a new thing right now, right? Everybody's doing beer yeah. Olympics. That's right. Yeah, the uh the old the barstool squad, the busting with the boys had had, had then, a big um, big beer Olympics. Who squad. else did it? Somebody else thing. Oh, you were doing that in Travis. college. No, but I mean it's like a it's coming back, it's like a thing that Jason and Travis did it the next day. Yeah, once and, once summer hits, it's just yeah. but yeah. Our our boy Dana Beers in there. Dana, you know, shouts to Dana Beers. Still, no matter what, he is a supporter of Cincinnati. He still, you know, mentions us, mentions, you know, this, that, and the other. We got to get Dana back on the pod sometime soon. Kind of chop it up, get him, get him excited for the Big 12. But um, yeah, I, I'm excited to try Cincy Light. Uh, you know, obviously, I'll probably get it in off tap before uh, the, the cans get released, but. It's excited to see what uh, what what can happen because if a beer goes down too easy, I'm not a big beer drinker. But if that thing's flowing down down easy, I'll uh, I'll, I'll have to go to the bathroom a lot probably. And the, but I'm also gonna drink about twelve to fifteen to, to maybe more. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, Chad, along with that, is is the tap beer that they sell? Is does that is that connected with Cincy Reigns as well, or is it just oh, the? Yeah. No, yeah. So th- there's a portion of every sale that goes to Cincy Reigns. I think it was something like $13 a keg. Wow. Uh, we'll go to Cincy Reigns and then, you know, a, a dollar or whatever it was of every yeah, $2 case. Every case. Yep. $2 of every case that gets sold, a dollar of every 12 pack. There we go. So, yeah, it was, it did go down too easy. Like it, it's, it's <laughs> almost like, uh oh, uh oh. Right. <laughs> Right. I'm gonna drink a lot of these. Forty kegs of Cincy Light in 48 hours. Yeah, they sold out of kegs uh, before the end of sat- like business on Saturday at Ryan Geist. They sold out, which of is roughly 49.60 pints, yeah. I believe. About five, yeah, about five thousand. I think it was a dollar a pint for for the initial thing, right? That they were doing. Uh, so, like you know, five thousand dollars to Cincy Reigns there, and uh, if you continue to do that. And you stack five thousand dollars every two days. Uh, that's that's a successful uh, <laughs> contribution to the uh, to the the collective. There we go. There we go. Uh, Aaron, anything more on Cincy Light? I know you're anxious to to give it a try. I think uh, I can't can't speak too much on something that I haven't tried yet. But no, I'm I'm definitely anxious. Well, the event itself you you live vicariously through all the posts and whatnot, like I did. Yeah, I was I was. I, I was, I mean, I was watching Mike Boston was getting tweets out quicker than I could. And he was actually saying the things that I was thinking about how jealous he was of everybody who was able to attend. And yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I mean, the main thing as well is like the fact that it, it was very sensey, obviously sensey based with the Bearcats and whatnot, but to, to the point where I believe there was a, uh, like a kid's throwing station, you know, throwing a football, I, I imagine through a hoop or whatnot. And I had a picture sent to me that, you know the footballs they were using were looked like they were game used football from the college football playoff game, which is uh, it just <laughs> adds only to the to the allure and the excitement of the the rise of everything that is Cincinnati Bearcats. But uh, but that that brings me to my next next little topic. And you know before we can fully move on to a new thing, you you've got to give a hat tip to the past. You know you gotta you gotta rehash the past and then close that book and shut that book and hopefully never. Never look at certain parts of that book ever again. So, uh, you know, 
that's a it's a goodbye to the AAC and the years that were you know leading up to the Big 12 this that and the other so I'm, I'm gonna go around the horn start with you Chad Aaron back to myself just kind of some favorite memories during the time in the AAC it can be as broad as as you possibly want it or it could be as particular personal as you want it to be as well leaving aside from leaving oh easy, well you asked easiest cop-out answer there aside from leaving I, I don't know i guess beating houston and and making the playoff yeah seeing the elation like actually the most fun of that night for me was when the reality set in that like okay Oklahoma and Baylor kind of eliminated themselves. Like, this is if Cincinnati wins this game, they're going to the playoff. Yeah. And seeing that like energy permeate through Nippert Stadium, they're like, all right, we're, it's not up to anybody else anymore. Like, all of the shit that was talked during that season. They're not good enough. They don't belong. They're just squeaking by. Like, anybody else is going to get in but Cincinnati. And then you got to the finish line, and all they had to do was win. Yep. And that energy in that stadium that night is one of the more electric feelings that you'll ever experience in the history of UC Athletics. Because it was, we control our destiny in a season where they were told, you have no control over your destiny. Remember the beginning of the season? Doesn't matter if Cincinnati goes 13 and 0. They're not getting in. We're not letting them in. They're not getting them in. We're moving them down every time we have a chance to move them down. We're moving somebody ahead of them every chance we can to move somebody ahead of them. They're not in the cool kid club. They don't belong. We're gonna toss them. <coughs> We're gonna toss them out as soon as we get a chance to toss them out. And then you get to seven o'clock or eight o'clock I, I think it was a seven o'clock kickoff whatever it was but you get to the kickoff and the reality sets in when in the in. all you got to do is win and you're in and they did it and uh for me that one stands out um the two aac basketball champion tournament championships uh were both really really awesome yep um other than that, right? I, I mean, what even is the American con? Like, it's going to be so funny looking back at it, and, and unless they, I mean, obviously it's going to be extremely difficult for them to level up and, and be considered on that upper echelon. But I mean, the the American Athletic Conference, the AAC. I always just thought that name was initially just so strange, but you know what? We were in it, and now we're out of it. So, uh, Aaron, you're America. Hell yeah! I still right, think that should have right. been the tagline. <laughs> Aaron, you're uh, you're you're lasting memories from the old AAC? Um, I would say probably uh, my first camp as a part of the Bearcat Journal umbrella. Okay. There you go. Um, I think that was pretty special to me as going to Camp Higher Ground and getting to hang out as part of the working media and what have you. Mm -hmm. uh, that was pretty cool. Um, the Houston Championship, of course, um, getting to be there on the sidelines uh, as you and I were standing there and all the phones came out. That was yeah. surreal. Well, that's, that's, a yeah. that's a moment I'll never forget. Yep. Um, that was just indescribable. 
Um, yeah. Then when it, being on the field, as everyone was rushing onto the field, me and you kind of hanging back and just watching it all unfold. Um, a little, a little mini tear rolling down my my face, if you will. That was that was pretty cool. Um, then going to the college football playoff. Why it was a big crocodile tear. Yeah. It was uh, what's his name, um, Clinton Portis. No, no, no. Was stamp- no, um, no, Sean Moreno. No, Sean Moreno. Yeah, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> um, the tear, I mean, uh, but um, also go- going down to the CFP, going down to uh, Dallas, and getting to hang out down there with just the fans um, of both the Bearcats and of Bearcat Journal walking around and having people call me by name. Um, It's pretty cool. Um, Getting to hang out with Chad down there a little bit. And yeah, just all of it was just, just pretty crazy. Bearcat Um, takeover in Dallas, man. Arlington was, was red and black, baby. Um, Yeah. Go ahead. As a fan, just getting to see what we did in Notre Dame, like that whole season was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, getting to watch uh, the, you know, the AAC uh, champion championship uh, for basketball, just taking that all in as well. Um, I'm kind of a chat on on those points. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's just a lot of cool shit that that happened. Um, yep. A lot of not so fun stuff as well, but. Uh, it's a new chapter. A lot more memories to be made. So it really is. It, it really is. I'm, I'm going to piggyback off you. Obviously, that Notre Dame game. Just the fans taking over Notre, Notre Dame Stadium. Arguably the best win in, in football history. Uh, you know, obviously it's uh it was a moment as well. You know, it also of course uh, shouts to the Barney Stone uh, there off uh, in, in Notre Dame, and you know, shouts to Olivia Rodrigo. I'm going to steal a. Uh, a page out of the football recruiting staff's, you know, repertoire and say, if you know, you know, so uh shots to Olivia Rodrigo and the Barney stone, but um, that was a mammoth win. Uh, of course, obviously everything that you guys have said, just, uh, just a couple more to throw on top. October 4th, 2019. It was a Friday night. Chad, I'm sure you know, this one pretty well was uh, when, mm-hmm. when sauce Gardner uh, kind of blew up onto the national scene with his pick six and the win against UCF, which at the time you, you could probably say that was the biggest win in program history, um, or at least one of them. It was up there, yeah, for sure. Snaps. Because yeah. Well, I mean, UCF had been, you know, the big dog. So yep. anytime you you take down the big dog, that's a big win. Like yes. you you knock off the the king of the block. Yep. Um, it was awesome. Uh Fifth third renovation happened. Obviously, uh, the uh, Shaka Patrick se- senior season was was electric. One that you know you kind of followed, and you were like, "Is he going to win you know, Player of the Year?" And you know he like just some very memorable moments from SK uh, Troy Copain's layup against Purdue to send it in overtime and in, in round one of the SLA tournament. Uh, the home win against Xavier the last year in the original shoe. Uh, you know the, that's the Jaron Cumberland. Takeover game, um, and and also that next year in the AAC tournament. You know, we mentioned winning the AAC tournament. That that first one road to the victory. I, if you remember that that team was down pretty big against Memphis in the first round, and yep. the the way that they were able to come back and and kind of showed how dominant they were. 
and then roll that all the way through. And then obviously the big win against Houston in the championship game. Um, just awesome memories. And then, uh, of course, baseball, that 2019 season, the, the AAC champs, then beat Oregon State at their house. Joey Weimer, who's having a good good season up up at uh, in Milwaukee, obviously had, had a great memorable run there for the Bearcats. And it took down Adley Rushman, the, the best player in the – in all of college baseball at that moment at their own house in Oregon state. Uh, then obviously volleyball that same season, uh, 2019 NCAA tournament, uh, Jordan Thompson, obviously just electric slowly becoming the best volleyball player in the world, uh, through that route. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of exciting and thrilling memories and that, that reach a lot past, you know, the typical football and, and basketball memories, but you know, we're, we're in the big 12 now. And, uh, that's going to bring me to my last little combo about this, and then we'll move on. What do you think is the singular thing that gets helped or boosted the most when it comes to the the final move to the Big 12? Is it recruiting? Is it just overall fan and engagement and continuing to sell out both, both arena and the football field? Is it kind of just – Everything, you know, money pouring into the uh, to the athletic department. This that, and the other. What's money. what's the, the answer? Is always money. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's all the, the other stuff is nice, right. but none of it is possible. Like you had to join the Power Five for money. Yep. If it wasn't about money, you could have stayed in the American, been the the king of that conference, right, from here until forever, and everything would have been fine. Like in the old days, when UC was in Conference USA the money really wasn't a major thing in college yeah. sports at that point in time. So you could be in conference USA and matter. Yep. But now you have to be part of the power structure. Like they have, have built this power structure as such. You don't yep. have a choice. You have to be a big dog. And if you're yep. not, if you're not in the cool kids club, you're going to get left behind. And he couldn't afford to get left behind. Piggybacking off of that is, the money adds to recruitment, right? The money, sure. like it's always about the money. The money adds to fan engagement and putting fans in the stands and what they're able to do with both the arenas. We've already seen, you know, the, the new indoor practice facility under construction for the football team. We're, we're seeing changes made to the baseball stadium as we speak. Uh, there's, we're still paying for the arena that was renovated. Um, but all of this, was coming because Cincinnati was this was the goal, right? Yeah. To to get make to the money. money. Yeah, the goal <laughs> to, was to make more money. To get to the money. So uh, that all it, it kind of is all encompassing because of the the you just I mean you're essentially making what almost 10 times, 9 10 times more than what you were making. So yeah, yeah it's it's going to have a gigantic impact on campus. And for all those people writing the news articles, it's going to be real interesting to see what the school paper's writing about how much money the sports teams are bringing in at this point. Now you can't, you can't well, keep copying. Does, and pasting. As long as that, as long as that idiot at UC Claremont that can't get a real job at a real, <laughs> real university, as long as somebody puts a mic in front of his face, he's still going to talk shit. You can't, but you can't keep copying and pasting the same article anymore because now they're bringing they in. Come on, man. I'm telling you, they will. They'll still write it. We'll laugh at them even harder than we have in the past, but they'll still write the article. Yep. Promise. Ugh. 
Well, that's how this works. That kid got kicked <laughs> off a baseball team when he was a kid. I, I know that feeling. Something, yeah. <laughs> Did he? Or is that I'm, just a, I'm that's, just make, that's Aaron's I'm, prediction. I'm, that's that's okay. Aaron's response after getting kicked off a baseball team as a little kid. Aaron, I would have yeah. kept you on my team. Well, mom, mom got me kicked off. That's a story for a different day. Wow. You know what? That might be a story for the end of this podcast story. I might be. I am locked in. I'm locked in. Now. There's you not. There's not a lot of meat in the mailbag. We. I'm going to say I. I won't be able to focus the rest of this podcast. Now. I, I, I can't wait to hear the story. But uh, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, money's the answer. Um, but like you, you said, Aaron, it it just enhances everything as well. And you know, it's it's awesome to think the momentum going into the Big Twelve mm-hmm. and. Sure, this past football season was a little bit more wishy-washy than, than the one prior or the prior two, if you will. Um, but that's a little hard to replicate what happened in, you know, 2021 and you know, 2020 respectively. But you know, just the uh, the feeling of the amount of fans that got locked in on the football program again. You know, at, at with with the rise all the way to the college football playoff, and then the ability of of West to kind of really rejuvenate the, the basketball side of things as well. Just, you know, it seems like momentum is something that's really strong heading into the big 12 as well, which is an awesome mixture to have. Uh, so we'll see if that continues to pay off and, you know, we'll, we'll obviously be able to, to hear more about it. Cause I, you, you, the more you mentioned like Travis Kelsey is obviously a huge ambassador of the, of the entire, you know, university of Cincinnati. And, you know, Sauce Gardner has now been able to pick up that role. Just the, the amount of players in the NFL that have truly just been able to kind of like really be, you know, carry a torch for the entire college as, you know, college as a whole and, and everything else that comes with it. So once basketball gets on its feet, a couple of players in the NBA will be able to do the same thing and it'll only help even more. So that's uh, it's exciting, exciting to, to see what can happen. And, uh, and with that, we, we shut the book, the the AAC book. I'm sure it'll collect a lot of dust. Um, but uh, whenever you Walk want to, here. yeah, when whenever you want to, you can go back and check out the uh, college football playoff that run. Did, did you guys timestamp without me? Did I miss that? No, I just put it in there because it made sense to do that. So then, when we have the next timestamp, it was a different segment because it. Okay, you'll see. Anyway, all right. Well, let's timestamp it. Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick Paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low minimum next day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies. For all your janitorial needs, call Nick, 513-470-2029. Reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. Boom, baby little uh, quick paper supply timestamp. You heard it here first. Lock it in. Uh, well, not only was the, the movement into the Big 12 the big news from the weekend, the football program got one hell of a recruiting commitment. Uh, Samaj Jones out of St. Joseph's Prep, uh, the big-time high school there in uh, the Philadelphia area. Star quarterback, dual threat. Um, obviously, uh, someone that is going to really have some excitement bringing there. It's a four-star, uh, a guy who who really seems to fit the mold of, of what Coach Scott Satterfield wants to do here with the team. I know you guys talked about him at length yesterday, but uh, 
he's uh he's he's the level of recruit that is so nice we got to mention him twice and uh you know pick cincinnati over the likes of oklahoma penn state west virginia uh plenty more on that list um but you know i i agree with what dave was saying last night uh, a lot of jalen hurts to his game and when you see just a physical runner with who has a high level of speed and then you watch his ability to throw the football and really have accuracy from you know intermediate to deep i didn't see many short passes but i'm sure he's got that as well but you know the ability that he has right now honing in on his skills and and kind of just bulking up and looking like a, a true running back at the quarterback position but he's more of a quarterback than an athlete, if that makes sense. And, man, it just seems like the Bearcats got themselves a, a massive piece. And I think the main thing is, you know, this staff in, in year one, they they prioritized Samaj Jones, and they were able to lock him down when some heavy hitters came in and, and knocked on his door as well. So that speaks volumes to the ability of this entire staff, and Pete Thomas as well, obviously quarterback coach and – and just the ability to to hone in and lock down and uh, bring in what could be the you know the cornerstone of the first class, first official full class, if you will. Obviously, last year we'll we'll go under them, but uh, first official twenty twenty four four star on the board. Uh, Chad and Aaron, you guys talked about it last night, obviously, but um, dust has settled even more. Samaj Jones, that's a it's a big time pickup for the uh, for the staff. Yeah, like we talked about last night, it's a it's a fit for the system. It seems like a cultural fit. It's it's a guy that they have identified uh, before they got to Cincinnati, and continued to recruit him when they got here. Um, it, it's you know th- this is what you want from this is why you go hire a coach with Power Five experience, right? Because that means they've been recruiting Power Five players. Mm-hmm. And they should be able to take some of the guys that they were recruiting before they got here and turn those commit into commitments here. Yep. And that's what happened. So that they went out and got their guy. Uh, you always like when your staff goes out and gets one of, if not the top prospect on the board at quarterback in that cycle, which is what they did with Samaj Jones. So um, yeah, I think it's a, uh, it was a, it's a big, day yesterday for the program to kind of piggyback off getting into the big 12. Yeah, I agree. He's a hell of an athlete. I mean, I I saw one replay where he was diving into the end zone, kind of got his legs hit out from under him and and kind of fell forward over the tackler into the end zone, kind of hurled over him. Um, I I saw that on Twitter somewhere, but uh, you, you, you bring in Elijah Jones, his, I'm assuming one of his favorite receivers. And uh, I think that this is nothing but a good thing at this point. Just you're, you're, you got a four-star quarterback. That's the cornerstone of the program. And to be able to, to lock that in when you had, like you were talking about some of the heavy hitters, Oklahoma, West Virginia um, coming and Cincinnati still able to get their guy. I think I think we should be excited about what the staff's been able to do on limited time in the recruiting world with Cincinnati. Um, 
especially with all the work they had to do in the transfer portal. And I think this should be encouraging for what they're going to be able to do once they have a full year under their belt. Yeah. I, I mean, he was the 6A player of the year um, as a junior, obviously. Uh, won a state title. You know, there's an article, some articles out there talking about how, you know, he wants to be the leader of the team. He, he wants to be the one that is – you know, setting the tone instead of just being someone that, you know, kind of just sits back and, and just plays his role. And as a junior, yeah, that ability, especially at a big school like that is, is in a big program like that. It's, it's something awesome. And it's a 3,200 total yards of offense, uh, 46 total touchdowns, you know, the number one team in the state of Pennsylvania, it's a big, big time commitment. And, you know, you see four, six speed, you see the ability, like you said, hurtling over defenders into the end zone, and then he can throw the ball on a dime. Um, some people will say that he's a little slight on just the height department. But, you know, and, and like Dave was saying last night, he doesn't play small, if, if that makes sense. He kind of just is able to, to move around and, and able to find open receivers and, and put the ball where it needs to be. And so it's a it's an exciting, exciting pickup. And, uh, you know, someone obviously he's got three receivers at his disposal that are all Division One talent, um, you know, and – that will obviously help the boost, but he, that means he's got someone who will be able to kind of join him at the next level. And Elijah Jones, who, you know, obviously is his teammate and had, had some really good games and really electric times in that offense with, um, with Samaj. So, you know, it's a, it's a big time get. And one, of course that, you know, Oklahoma went hard for us is, is what we're hearing, you know, the last push and whatnot. And, you know, Penn state obviously had, had been going after him, and then you know Gronkemeyer committed, and who knows if they pulled back a little bit off that. But still, they were after him hard at one point, and Cincinnati still is there and continuously recruited him. And now you see the ability to fit the scheme that we've seen Scott Satterfield run. And man, uh, it's a lot of excitement. You know him, him and Brady Drogosh, and obviously Brady Lichtenberg uh, following this next season. That is a uh, it's a good quarterback room that just continues to get better and. Um, excitement, obviously we'll see how it plays out and you know, how he does this, this next season. But when you're pictured as a, as a showcase for a, a game against IMG Academy that will be coming on ESPN this year, it's, it's, you're a, you're a pretty big time player. And Smash Jones is a, is a big time player. And, uh, Cincinnati did everything they could prioritize, scouted, recruited and locked You gotta, out. you gotta win a quarterback. Like, yeah. Recruiting is so much about about evaluation. Yep. Obviously, you've got to, to evaluate and get it right at, at all the positions. Right. But you want to you want to go into a year and say this is the guy we want at quarterback, and then be able to go get him. Yep. And Scott Satterfield and staff did that. So, kudos. I mean, that's a. It is a big time get and one that, you know, obviously will have some ripple effects, I believe, you know, and when you are able to bring in, I, you know, I just keep watching like highlights and just tweets about him, you know, throwing down a pretty solid dunk at his quote unquote short height is, is with ease. And uh, you know, it's, it's an athletic player who can throw the football, you know, not just, you know, we mentioned athlete a lot of the time and, but he's, he's one that could throw the football as well. And that's uh that's that's when you see how exciting and how much promise he truly has. And you know, if you fit that prototypical six foot three height with everything that he's had, I mean, I think 
that, you know, obviously the, the staff would still recruit, recruit them as hard as they could, but, you know, who knows how the uh, final would end. But, man, it's a big addition. And uh, so that leads us in. Anything more on, on Jones? I know you guys kind of went in depth last night, so. We did. Fun live show last night. If you missed it, just click on live on the uh, the YouTube page, and it'll be there. There you go. There you go. Um, and then two more uh, recruiting bits, obviously, uh, on Twitter. Um, both Jaquan, Quan Sanks, and Radarius Red Morgan were uh, Kansas SA on official visits last month. They both tweeted out that they would be committing tomorrow to a school of their choice on Instagram Live. So um, the the excitement could keep flowing, if you will. And, uh, man, uh, July 4th with fireworks, 7 p.m. Man, it would be nice to nice to possibly receive another uh, big-time commitment as well. Who knows? Who knows? But anything else on the uh, football front, guys? No. That was a, a quick, and that's talking football on the dog days of summer before July 4th on the BBP. I don't know if we need a time stamp there or not, but yeah. Quick paper supply, your local and family owned restaurant supply company for all your non food products. They service over 150 restaurants with weekly low minimum next day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products. From to-go containers, cups, custom printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. Yeah, baby. A quick jump into a uh, basketball talk. Um, not too much on the basketball side of things. Uh, Dan Skillings named the Monster of the Week. Uh, is are, are they done with summer workouts at this point, Chad? Um, or is it because I know normally when when Mike posts that, no, they yeah. they go all the way through um July, okay? It's it's June and July, you get eight weeks, okay? Yeah, because I, I I feel like whenever Mike posts that 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 picture of them kind of decked out in, in chains and you know, with, with no, that's the like the halfway and... point because they get to go home for uh. For Fourth of July. Okay. Okay. Fair. So that's kind of the like, you know, we're halfway there. Deal. Yep. Obviously, the uh, the the talks of the halfway there feel would be the transformation that Jamil Reynolds currently has. Man, uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that one, Aaron? He doesn't look like the same person. I mean, yes, he he's, does. He's, he's still. A giant human. He still looks like a giant human being. But he's, he's <laughs> clearly he's clearly cutting weight. He's he's definitely transforming his body, and uh, assuming that's all part of what he was asked to do. Yeah, um, right. But I, I I think you have to be excited for the guy. You have to be excited for the the way he's trending. And um, I, I get, just I know we talk about this all the time, but Mike Rayfeld is a special special human that's able to bring out some crazy, crazy things in that right room. Yeah. And I mean, my favorite thing is that, you know, he posts that and and everyone on the staff is like, you know, only halfway there, man. It it doesn't stop now. And so, um, 
that just speaks to buy-in and whatnot. And uh, it speaks to how awesome Mike is at his job too. All right, <laughs> he's, right. He's the best in the business, like for oh, yeah. real, for real. Oh yeah, there's no there, no doubt about that. Um, I mean, you just see. Obviously, there's a few holdovers still from that UConn national team from when Mike was there, but still, it's uh, pretty awesome to see. Um, but aside from that, the uh, talk of Jamil and obviously the uh, noticing how just freakishly long and athletic Aziz is as well. Uh, Chad, you guys kind of barely touched on it a little bit on the BCJ pod, but Jeff Goodman did tweet out from a source that the D1 Council was also informed that the overwhelming majority of the second-time undergrad transfers thus far have been denied waivers. There were exceptions, but minimal. Many of them have been ruled on thus far. We're football, but it doesn't bode well for all this trying in basketball. So, no idea. I, I don't pretend to know what the NCAA is doing. I have no idea. Uh, yeah. We'll see. Like I, I have no insight on that process. The people I talk to always say the same thing. Right. We have no idea what's happening. Yeah. Like the NCAA doesn't inform you. They ask you to submit the information. You submit it. Um, they decide, and then you can appeal uh, based on on that decision. That hasn't happened. So uh, no idea. Like I, I just I, I wish I had a better answer for you, Brent. But oh. I I have no idea. Like I, the NCAA sucks. I have no it's, idea. Right. This whole thing's stupid in that we you have no idea. You shouldn't be this close to the season and have no idea if you have guys on your roster who are going to be a part of your eligible to play this season or not. Like, right. what are we doing? Yeah, about f- four months away from the beginning of the year. So, um, and sure, that's a that's a lot of time, but it's a lot of time also where you got to figure things out pretty damn quickly. Especially, I you know the the number isn't significantly high. For, uh, for basketball two-time transfers, but it's still uh, – it's something that is just a right. gray area that could be completely avoided if they didn't decide to, to do this significant crackdown in, in other sports up to this point. But, man, it's uh, it's kind of <laughs> – gets keeps keeps me up at night sometimes. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I kind of brought it up just, just to mention um, more that, that Goodman also had – Wes Miller on uh, on a, on his I guess you can call it a pod. It was kind of a, a live Q and A type setting. Uh, yeah. Just want to kind of kind of shout that out as well. A, a pretty cool watch. Um, obviously, if you're a big fan of the Bearcats, uh, I, I'd suggest checking that out. Um, kind of gives you an insight to more more Wes Miller as, as a person, as a human being. Um, and then you know, he's on there with with. Uh, uh, Drew from Baylor, and then uh, the head coach of Missouri State as well. So it's a good watch. Um, had some really good points and, and some things that make you think. And uh, just kind of speaks to the kind of guy that Wes is as well and probably why so many people just fall in love with his personality and, and, and really kind of see, hey, you're a real person. You know, you might be a, a crazy psycho college basketball coach because that's what they all are. But, you know, deep down, you're you're, you're a real damn genuine human being as well. So. Um, and of course, Chad, good good interview with with Coach, uh, kind of breaking down everyone on staff, and he sounds he sounds excited. Uh, the, the the main takeaway from that for me is is talking about Vic firing up a bunch of threes, hearing that John Newman is healthy, and uh, you know uh, Josh Reed put in some massive work in the off season. 
you know, that on top of obviously some of the tidbits on the uh, incoming players, the transfers and, and freshmen as well. So I'm so excited, but that, that damn Goodman tweet, obviously ugh, it is what it is. Um, I mean, we'll see. Who yeah. knows? Like, I, I, I wish I had a better answer. Yeah. But right. who knows? Like, yeah, I, think, I, I don't know. I think a lot of, a lot of people have had, had, had a better answer. But speaking of uh, new players, new uh, um, incoming freshman, Rayvon Griffith, did you guys see the monster poster dunk that he had in the Smith League? Over the weekend, yeah, I had uh, Taryn actually was at Taryn Bland, that is my producer when I fill in for Mo, was at yeah. the Smith League yesterday. Okay, and said Rayvon was awesome. Okay, so yeah, he had one dunk in particular, and I I cannot completely confirm, but uh, after some investigation, it was Darius um, Baisley that threw the lob, I think, was but I think he oh. dunked on Mamadou. I think that's who it was uh, on. Maybe, yeah. On, it, uh, it was definitely on Mamadou. Yeah. Did Did you get a good closer look at it? It was. Yeah. It was. Uh, I think I have the picture. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah. While you're looking, uh, Bearcat DH, what's the deal with Prater? Is he still with the team? Yes. Why? Why would he not be? I don't know where that question comes from. Yes, he is still with the team. The Bearcat DH, the designated hitter. Who would that be for, for the BCJ pod? Not good fielding, but can swing a good bat. Nico, Nico's our DH for okay. sure. Okay, okay. Like you power. want Nico, you want Nico up in in the clutch. Yeah, that power is bat for sure. Oh that's, shoot, that's, that's oh, you got the <laughs> you got the you got the pick before the dunk. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Poor Mamadou. Hundred percent. That's Mamadou. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, he that's was, who we need to have on this pod at some point in time. Do, yeah. I, I mean, you know, the John Brandon days were were obviously dark and and kind of interesting, but man, and the the whole Mamadou like getting ready to, to shoot a three pointer is one of the more like craziest things to be a part of inside of Fifth Third Arena because <laughs> it's like no 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 do like shoot it. It was fifty percent. But what did he say in that 80%? Yeah. yeah he said yeah. 80, 80% in the final uh, post-game press conference. Got to love the do. But, yeah, we'll, we'll be fun to have him on. Good to hear. Uh, Terrence said he was kind of just killing it. Rayvon? Yeah, just that he played really well and that he was he's, he's going to be a good one for the Bearcats. Actually, he said everybody needs to get to the Smith League if they have a chance to watch because it's it's a lot of fun. I think I saw then, Jamil was out there too. Yeah. So, do you do you know the rules on that? Is it like certain amount of college players on a on a team, or is yeah? There's a limit to the number you're allowed to have on the same team. Okay. Because I know they got it like sanctioned by the NCAA to obviously allow players, but I saw yeah, Rayvon was on a team with with uh, Davenport, so. Good to good to see that. Um, aside from that, one final thing on on basketball front. Uh, officially, the staff was announced for the basketball team. Uh, Jake Thielen, director of player development, assistant coach. Uh, Josh Leffler, obviously, we've mentioned him a lot. Chief of, chief of the administrative staff, assistant coach. Drew Adams uh, getting bumped up to assistant coach and recruiting coordinator. 
And then Maddie Miller, director of basketball operations, the dopo for the Bearcats. Chad, just a quick uh, quick discussion about the moving and the shaking of the uh, new staff for the uh, basketball team. Um, yeah, uh, really happy for Jake. Like he gets his chance. He's been in operations and behind the scenes for a long time. Indiana, Georgia, Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. He's worked his way up to this. He's earned it. He's an excellent basketball mind. Um, absolutely awesome dude. So uh, really happy for him. Really happy for my guy, Matty Mills. Yep. You know, uh, I've known Matty Mills since, I don't know, he's probably five, four, five years old, sitting in the front <laughs> row at, at uh, sitting on the court uh, in the, 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 the nice seats, yep. the big time court sides, the Jack Nicholas seats. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matty Mills had those seats when he was a young pup with the, with the big Afro. Uh, <laughs> so to see him rise up to, to now be in adobo, uh, awesome. Awesome for those two guys. I'm going to miss Chris Lepore. Uh, yep. Chris has been an awesome asset to not only me and, and how much he went out of his way to help Kelly and I uh, in the roughest of times. And uh, also, you know, as a, as a resource at UC, Chris was incredible. So best of luck to him as he goes into the private sector. Look, man, you got three young kids. It's real hard to work in basketball. Like right. it, it just is. It's real hard to, to work in any college athletics, especially now, because this shit never stops. You know, right. and I have people say to me all the time, like, oh, well, you know, you cover college sports. Like you, it's like a teacher. You get summers off. Nah, fam. Nope. <laughs> nope. We, that doesn't exist. There is no off season anymore in college sports. Yeah. Uh, you get like, you get like literally like two weeks, yeah. like, like a week here, four days there. Like there's a break here, a little window there. Uh, like they, coaches are back on the road tomorrow or, or, uh, or right, Wednesday. Right now? Or, oh, is it Wednesday? Wednesday. Shoot. It opens up. An open, an open eval period opens up. Um, the Peach Jam started today. So <laughs> coaches are watching live streams. And it just, you know, there's no break. There's yeah. no downtime. And if you're trying to do that while raising young kids, it's taxing, man, especially three of them like yeah. Chris has got. So uh, he took a job in the private sector. He gets to, to move his family uh, closer to his wife, uh, his wife's family in Louisville. So more power to him. I'm going to miss him. He was great yeah. to us, uh, but really happy for Jake, really happy for Maddie. And uh, I've, I've heard nothing but good things about Leffler. Awesome. Uh, and, and his impact already early in his time uh, and the way he's fitting in with the staff. So, um, yeah, good stuff. Aaron, anything on the on the staff comings or goings? Uh, I mean, I kind of spoke on it on the nightcap, but <clears throat> Laporte was always nothing but good with BCJ staff. I, I, yeah. I spoke on your behalf in that regard last night. Yeah, that's um, fine. He, but he, he was always great with – with all of us um also with you know brett stein and uh, anybody else who he dealt with from our umbrella um but Mm -hmm. yeah i mean just not that anybody on the staff is any different but i feel like he just went out of his way to always make sure that we were comfortable anytime we were around the team um and not everybody does that um right 
not a, not by any fault of their own or anything like that. They're they're busy coaching, um, but but he was, you know, always I feel like always the first one to say hi anytime we were around and um, just made sure he always said bye and all of that. Like you don't get that from everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. Lambert guy always big timed everybody. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is that? He said that Lambert guy always big timed everybody. Talking about what Pat. A jerk. What a jerk that guy was. <laughs> really I just, I'm, I was just talking about the basketball side. They I know. His... It just look. It was just a chance for me to get a shot in on Pat. I haven't got to do that in a while. I missed then it. Then, then he took his talents up to Madison. I mean, yeah, he was on the first thing smoking that. out of town. And, and freaking Brady Collins too. So all they had a squat fest up there in Madison. You knew that was happening. Yeah, people said, oh, the most memorable warning of my life. You right. don't see that if you have them all on mute. <laughs> and I'm just kidding. I love those guys. Brady yeah. texted me. Brady texted me pretty much as soon as Squat Fest ended on Friday and was like, just wasn't the same without you guys here. Yeah. Well, and I was like, you didn't did have to be that you way. Did, you right. did that. That's on you. He had, don't you put that evil on me. That's on you. There were barstool guys there instead. I'm sure, I'm sure they were the thrill, knowing everything about the team. Not, but anyway. ah, Big Cat actually does. I bet he still wore sunglasses. Yeah, I, he might have. He might have. Hard to yeah. see through all the smoke and dark lights. Sunglasses on. Jerk. <laughs> yeah, you traded know. us for Big Cat. What a L. Huge job. <laughs> Quite possibly the biggest L in the world. But, um, oh, you know, boy. it is what it is. Uh, one final thing on basketball. A few, few uh, offers handed out uh, yesterday, I believe. Uh, Jackson Richardson, I believe, yeah. Jace's younger brother. Apparently, possibly. Jackson has daddy's bounce. Oh, we're going to get, get all the Richardsons. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get all the so, NBA guys' kids. Dominique Wilkins' kid. Yeah. Jason Richardson. So J- Jace, is a, Jace is a little more cerebral, right? A little, yep. little more, uh, you know, like a, like a, a legit point guard. Uh, apparently, the, the younger brother has got bunnies, like dad, like elite hops. So, yeah. And uh, Jace uh tagging Tyler McKinley and talking back and forth about Jackson's offer on the on Instagram. Yep. Like, mm. Mm. You know, don't hate that. Don't hate that one bit now. Don't hate that one bit. But um yeah, I mean six foot six already at the class of 2026. Man, that's just insane to even say out loud. But yeah, I I mean <laughs> Bring in all the uh, former NBA players, youngins. Yes. Yeah, you know, youngins. Bring them in. I mean, just a NFL players, just a NBA players, whatever. Right. We'll take all of them. Shame that Carlos Boozer didn't play for the North Carolina Tarios, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. But um, yeah, so obviously that was one uh, offer that was put out. I, Aaron, you kind of already alluded to it, but Jacob Wilkins, uh, Dominic Wilkins' son. Also received an offer yesterday, and then of course out of Fisher's High School, Jalen Harrelson, who's as you mentioned, Chad, a, a stud, a legit baller. Um, 
So some big offers going out still to highly rated prospects. And the staff is just continuing to press and press and press to go for the best. And, you know, Big 12, momentum, excitement. Uh, but it's, I also found it kind of interesting that, you know, they're all 2025 and, you know, 2026, obviously. Is, is that kind of what this period is like, Chad, where it's more checking on the – the youngers and you already have the 2024 class kind of kind of scouted and know your main targets that you want right now and kind of go for that. Uh, yes and no, you're still out there seeing if, you know, anybody has a big summer. I mean, right. the the list of guys that had big summers and ended up becoming, you know, Bearcats and, yeah. and really good Bearcats is yeah. long. Jake right. Evans was one, Gary Clark, they were on him long before uh he had his massive summer for CP3, but it certainly didn't hurt their pursuit of Gary Clark that right. he averaged a double double as CP3 won the Peach Jam. Like, yeah. Um, so no, I mean they have their main guys they're looking at. They also, um, I, I would say, have a list of guys that they added through the high school period in June, the two right. weekends in June. Like, okay, let's now see what these guys look like in the AAU setting. You know, the Peach Jam started today. Um, Adidas finals and Under Armour finals start, uh, Wednesday and Thursday. So, you know, you have your main guys Mm -hmm. and then you also have this secondary list of like, let's see what July looks like. Right. And maybe that changes our pursuit, uh, as we, as we get moving. So, um, yeah, it's 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 an important, always an important couple weeks on the calendar, uh, especially now that NBA camp is open. That's another thing we should talk about. Tyler McKinley was awesome at NBA camp. Yep. Uh, I I have talked about this with Aaron a little bit on the nightcap. Like, I had people, multiple multiple people, both high major assistants and friends in the scouting world hit me up last week like man Tyler is Tyler is really really coming along and is going to be a really good piece at Cincinnati um that's a that's a difficult camp to be good at the the talent level is so elite it it is literally basically the top 100 high school players in the country regardless of class yeah and if you can play well there you're a good player like if you and, and sustain it he played well every day it wasn't like he just had one good day where he had two or three good games. Mm-hmm. He played well the entire camp, and that's really hard to do. So um, I'm even more excited about Tyler than I have been Yeah. Uh, when you see a breakthrough at a camp like that. I've been to NBA camp a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. I've seen really talented players struggle to get going in that setting just because everybody's so good. Like, you, you know, you don't get to pick on anybody at that camp. It's not like, all right, put him on. As soon as we see that guy guarding somebody, we go with that guy. Like, no, everybody's good. So um, Tyler doing well there was a, a huge bump for me. So when it comes to Tyler, do you think the fact that he isn't extremely flashy and isn't looking to score and fill up stat sheets, that that might be why he doesn't have a, a rise in the rankings, if you will? No, not really. I think there are, you know, he's not the most bouncy dude. 
Right. Like he's not super long and athletic. Like he doesn't, it, it's, it's similar to some of the stuff we talked about with Samaj Jones. Like mm-hmm. there are, there are certain boxes he doesn't check. Right. Um, on the, like the NBA scale. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Cincinnati doesn't play in the NBA. They don't. Like you don't have to check the boxes for the NBA scale to be really good in college. Big 12's NBA light to a, to a lesser. But it's not really like the joke, but I know, but there's a bunch of dudes in the, in the big 12 that are really good college players. Right. That aren't necessarily NBA. Like, even if you look at the big 12, like first and second and third teams, Mm -hmm. there are numerous dudes on those lists that aren't like NBA, like, like jump off the chart NBA guys. Right. They're just awesome college players. Yeah. And, and that's all right. Like, that's you're, you're you're coaching a college team. Yep. You're running a college program. You want to find guys that are going to be really good in college. I think Tyler McKinley is going to be really good in college. Now, if he can continue to develop, that changes the NBA prospect for him. But he's not six eleven. He doesn't have a seven foot three wingspan. Mm. Like you know, he doesn't jump out of the gym at a at a forty two inch vertical. Right. But you know what he does do? He plays basketball really well. Yeah. Like, oh, give me those guys. How many times have UC fans lamented, when are we going to get a team with, like, a really high basketball IQ? This year. Like, I'm tired of watching athletes, like, run and jump, right. but not be able to, to make really good basketball plays. Mm-hmm. I know it's one of the things I always, like, one of the biggest problems I had with mixed team teams. They, they, were, they didn't, he didn't recruit passing. Mm-hmm. So it results in a lot of isolation ball when you don't have teams that really right. know how to make the ball pop. Yeah. Then you got to say, okay, this is our best dude. Let's give it to Sean Kilpatrick yep. and set a ball screen or give it to Sean and clear out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to do that when you have guys that really know how to play and know how to pass. I, and it, Tyler knows how to play. Yeah, It's funny you mentioned that because I, like one of the SK clips that, that's obviously out there is that shot against Memphis near the end of the first half where, you know, it's a 35 second shot clock and yeah. SK dribbles all, all the way down from that. And yeah. Like, takes, not, like 24 seconds. He's got the ball just yeah. dribbling the air out of yep. it. And then hits a three. You know, it's yeah. just like, yep, right, that's, that's SK. And that's uh, a, but those teams weren't good passing teams. Like right. they weren't crisp with ball movement. Right. Yeah. So I agree. yeah. Like get as many guys that can get guys that can play basketball. Yeah. I don't it's, care what their would I like their NBA projection to be first rounder or lottery pick? Sure. It, but more importantly, get guys that can play basketball. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And I, you know, the fact that he's being mentioned in a national article at a camp like that is just speaks yeah. volumes to the heads that he's turning. And, you yeah. know, it's it's big time. And he's he's a guy, obviously, with a you know making conversation and connections with Jace Richardson as well, that hopefully bodes well for the uh, for the future of the of the program. Um, also, you know, Floyd Badunga is a is an animal through through one down, and at this moment, he is not committed to Duke. So, just had to get the uh, Floyd. Everybody Baduga thought that message. was going to happen fast. Remember? Yep. Yep. Go visit Duke. Commit. Yep. We're not there so, yet. Not there yet. So. And that's talking Flory on the BVP. Have to have to make sure we hit on it once each show. So there you go. Um, anything more on the recruiting of basketball or anything basketball in general? No, not yet. Okay. 
there we go. So as always, stay locked in. Um, but hey, time stamp it, and we'll 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 get to this low, uh, low and slow, if you will, a, a barbecue version of the old BBP mailbag. Quick Paper Supply provides mostly disposable restaurant supplies, products like to-go containers, cups, pizza boxes, to-go bags, can liners, napkins, etc. They've been open since 2009 and are one of the largest minority-owned companies in the city. Also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. There's one ad. Let's go right into another. Do it. Low Miller Real Estate. Whew. That's my sister. My, my little sister. Adrian Henson. There you go. Yo, Adrian. In, in Northern Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio. She can help you out. Adrian L. Henson at iCloud.com or A. Henson at Low Miller Real Estate.com. Free home evaluations 859 444 8159. Call her and tell her her brother's a jackass and she'll hook you up. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Yo, Adrian, right into the mailbag. All right. <clears throat> Let's mailbag it up. I like it. Love your headband, Aaron. Thanks. It's a um, USA for you podcast listeners. Accurate. Uh, starting in the football portion of the mailbag. Uh, and we did have mailbag uh, in both on on both BearcatJournal.com and on Twitter. So I'll be bouncing back and forth and trying to do this as seamless as possible. So, uh, in your honest opinion, what would be more effective for our football team if our offensive is methodical and possessive, i.e., running the ball, chewing up clock, and allowing our defense to dominate, or the offense is to be, or or the offense to be more explosive? Some describe this as runs more than 12 yards and passes over 20 yards. Aaron says only plays over 30 yards. That's not true. It wasn't over 30. Anyway, score as many points as possible as quickly as possible. Get into shootouts. I don't like. I think that's too too risky. No, it's too extreme on both. There is a happy medium where you run the ball. You like this is look. Let's make no mistake. This is. They're not running the air raid. They're running read option. They're running wide zone. Like that—that's what Scott Satterfield's offense is. But they still want to throw over the top and take shots and 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 make big plays. Um, so the right answer is there's a balance. If I have to pick one of the two, um, the problem is we've never played in the Big Twelve, so we don't know exactly what it looks like to know if methodical and possessive works because methodical and possessive could result in, you know, a lot of 31, 21 losses because you tried to control the clock. They scored in a minute and 40 seconds and you didn't have the ability to keep up because you're, you know, you're, you're running the ball and, and being, you know, careful. So the answer is somewhere in the middle. You want to run the ball, control the clock, and also be able to hit big plays down the field so that you still have scoring drives that are, you know, three minutes uh, sprinkled in as opposed to you don't want to have to have every scoring drive be, you know, seven minutes and and 13 plays. You're not Navy. 
You're not, you're not a, a, an option team. Also, if you do the score as many points as possible, as quickly as possible, your defense is going to be gassed. Yeah, that's – I mean, I don't – I don't buy that as much as some people. Like, your defense is not gassed if they get off the field, Aaron. We've had this screaming match at each other before. If, if you get three and out, your defense isn't on the field all the time. Right? I'm not doing it. I know. I'm, I'm just not. saying. I, I, I understand the philosophy behind what you're saying. That's what bait. I'm saying. It's not bait. Stop somebody, and then you're not on the field all the time. If you can't stop anybody, then, yeah, you're going to be all on the field all the damn time. We didn't have a problem with the defense being winded when Brian Kelly was here and they were winning games scoring 50 points a game. What you say, Brent? Uh you know what? It, with with the new rules um, that are being implemented, you know the uh, clock still running on first downs and whatnot. Yeah, and I I, I think it, it the best thing would would to have a strong running the ball. But I I think you would ask anyone in the entire country if they could have a strong rushing attack, they take it because that allows you to literally control the game. Um, sure, there are the the air raids, this that and the other, but I mean, if, if any team had the ability to be strong up front and dominate the line of scrimmage and run the football and control the clock, set up set up the pass with the run, I think they'll take they would take that ten times out of ten. But I, I think for next year, with the ability to have, you know, a, a strong defense, at least, you know, from what we're seeing objectively, and then of course a good running attack and, and Emory Jones a you know, a, a scrambling dual threat quarterback, I think running the ball, chewing up the clock would be the option to take. But like Chad's saying, the Big 12 is known for just high scoring, getting after it. Although recently there have been some kind of defensive stalwarts like Baylor. and you know. Yeah, there have been a couple teams that have that have proven you can still win in the Big 12 right. by playing really good defense. Right. But, you know, it's it. we're going to see if this defense stacks up against the offenses of the Big 12 right away. So, um, I think the methodical and possessive would be the the answer here, um, but maybe for just this season. Uh, if if you know, then you know you get all these weapons on offense, and you kind of have the mold change a little bit. You see what you kind of need to do, and then you have the ability of of quarterbacks who can get the ball down the field as well as running backs who can do their job. I think then you can kind of see a good balanced attack, but for for next season, I do think methodical and possessive would be the uh, the better option. All right, beginning in August, <clears throat> players will be able to take unlimited official visits. But is there still a limit on how many official visitors a school is allowed to host for football or basketball? No, you can host as well. Okay, I don't have that. I don't think so. I, I think that went away as part of that. Um, I think it went away as part of this. Should we stick a pin in it? Um, give me a second. Like, Hmm. 
I need to look and try to figure. I, I was looking up something else when I saw this question. Um, it doesn't say. Damn it. I, I can't imagine you would be able to limit how many visits a school can host if you're allowing kids to take unlimited official visits. To me, that seems counterproductive. But uh, it's the NCAA. I, I don't have that answer, Paul. Let me check. I need to, to figure that out. I did figure out. Um, so now they're allowed football. Kids are allowed to take as many visits as they want but they can only visit a school once unless there's a coaching change. And then you can go back a second time to a school if they've got a new coach. Uh, in basketball, uh, you just can't visit the same school twice in the same like academic or like year. So like July to July um, and then or August to August, then it resets. Um, so you can still do junior visits and senior visits um where you can go see a place more than once is my i've also heard they're trying to change that uh and make it so that you can't do that in basketball but that hasn't gone through yet so that's where we're at but uh let me remind me to dig up that answer on if uh if there's still a limit on the number of kids a school can bring in all right uh moving on to the football portion of the mailbag from twitter uh, any word on Nippert Stadium Big 12 upgrades? A year ago, people discussed an additional scoreboard being added and sound system upgrades. Um, I, I they have looked into the scoreboard thing. It, it just there there's not a reasonable way to do it at this point. Um, I know it's something they're exploring, but unless you take that CCM building and just put a scoreboard. <laughs> I, I don't know where you put it and that'll never be allowed to happen. Like they're never going to cover up that building. So um, yeah. Sound system updates, upgrades. They're looking at all times to upgrade the sound system. Um, I haven't had any direct discussions about that lately in terms of what might be done, but they need to, they need, there needs to be balance because it's all right there and it's all coming this way. And Depending on where you sit, you get a very different experience from the sound system. No matter what happens, there will be people who absolutely love it, and there will be people who absolutely loathe it. Sure. That's the problem with sound systems. That's the problem with everything. everything. Well, but I mean, yeah, sound systems, like either you sit too close to the speaker or you sit too far away from it, uh, and you hate it accordingly, equally. You hate it if you sit too close to it, you hate it if you sit too far away from it. <laughs> All right. Uh, besides the Oklahoma game, what other game are you most excited to see this year? Brent, start with you. Uh, what game outside of the Oklahoma game? Yes. Oh, man. Um, and it's hard to just dwindle it down to just one, but I would say. I have a good one. I would say probably Pittsburgh, just because yep. you stole my answer, you son of a bitch. <laughs> probably Pittsburgh because it's just the the first real glimpse that we get of what this team is, and 
mm-hmm. you know, heading on the road to a place that's a historic site for Cincinnati fans. Um, and kind of just that first real test of the Scott Satterfield era where, you know, the team's got to, you know, be ready to come out and, and try and win, win a football game. Uh, and if and they also, do, yeah, an opponent that they know. Yeah. Right. They, they played, he played Pitt every year at Louisville. Like yep. they are, and, and they had a pretty successful record against Pitt at Louisville. So yep. that's no, that's no stranger to Scott Satterfield. It's, it, I think it's a huge kind of measuring stick for this, like where this thing is going to be in year one, sure. that Pitt game. I, I, I agree 100% with you, Brent. Yeah, it's Pitt. also just as hard for me to drive to Pittsburgh as it is for me to drive to UC. So it oh. works, out, works out really well for me. I, and, and you know, the thing is, as well, if, if, the, if the Bearcats do go on the road and win that Pittsburgh game, that atmosphere and excitement leading up to the Oklahoma game will be yeah. unmatched. And it's expected to be pretty good. Right. Correct. They are. Um, but, you know, it, it's. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, you you headed into that Oklahoma game four now, and there's going to be a buzz, and all the high talented players there there are high talented players that'll be on the team this upcoming season for the football team. Those guys will be juiced up and maxed out for that Oklahoma game. So, I think Pittsburgh is uh, Pittsburgh might be the most important game on the entire schedule this year. So, um, we'll see. It'll be exciting. I don't disagree. Well, I will say, since you guys covered Pittsburgh pretty well, I'll say West Virginia um, Mm -hmm. as, again, just another rivalry game that is reborn this season. Um, Another school that's only a a two-and-a-half-hour drive for me as well. Um, So I'm excited about that. Um, But um, just just another one to check off the list for uh, Bearcats traveling in the Big 12 that we all get to go see and – Here's a here's a fun college sports tidbit, gentlemen. San Diego State sent a letter to the Mountain West before the June 30th deadline saying it's staying in the conference. One problem. The Mountain West says it already left and now owes an exit fee of an estimated $17 million. <laughs> I mean, they go to one final go to one final four and act like you just run everything. What a stupid situation that is. Yeah, that's horrible. It's and, the Pac-12's fault. It's not even San Diego State's fault. Well, yeah, they just want an answer from the Pac-12 by June 30th. That's all they wanted. Is is one of you two now at a bowling alley? What's happening in the background? Is it me? No, it's fireworks. My house. Oh, yeah. Um, it I, sounds I like it sounds like when a ball hits the hardwood. I, I, no, I'm, I'm I did want to mention though, um, real quick that. Uh, they would be three and zero entering that Oklahoma game, not four and zero. Just wanted to right. cover cover my tracks a little bit. Yeah, uh, we have three out of conference games now. Yeah, uh, have... real quick. Th- this is a more important question, Aaron. What games is Brent missing this season for a wedding? Yeah, you know, I got lucky, man. The uh, the weddings are falling. I, the same thing happened this past year. It was a wedding on the. Uh, I, honestly, I I don't know how I even survived. The last this past year, what it was a it was a basketball game on Thursday night. Then Cincinnati played ECU on Friday night, and I went to a wedding that Saturday. So um, it kind of similar to to that this year. It, I, I dodge every conflict of the schedule uh, when it comes to to the weddings during fall. So uh, c- 
kudos to my friends and kudos to the Bearcats. I believe some people made some calls before schedule release, and they just made sure that you know there were no no scheduling conflicts, and uh, all systems go. Unreal. Uh, we have 16 commitments for the 2024 period, 13 three-stars and only one four-star. How big of the class will they have, and will we see any more four-star players commit? When will we see our first five-star player play at UC? Um, man. Uh, Sorry, my daughter's down here just talking incessantly like I'm not doing a podcast. She's just wanting to have a regular conversation. With me. <laughs> One Taylor Swift concert, and this is the product. <laughs> um, I I would guess like this is the really hard part. Here's here's what you also have to consider now in in the new world of college. how many people are going to transfer. You don't know. No, well, well, not only that, but guess what? Um, transfers now because you're only technically allowed one transfer. Those guys are guaranteed. For the, for the rest of their – until they graduate. So all of the transfers you brought in that are not grad transfers or, like, ready to be done, they are yours until they're they're not. Like, so it's, it's going to become even harder to predict how many high school transfers you're going to bring in. And then they already have basically a transfer wing, a portal wing of the recruiting department. Like they brought in people that were experts on transfers. So 16 already, 20, 21, 22. I, like I, I have a hard time seeing it ever get to 25 again, unless, you know, there's extenuating circumstances because you're just going to want to save a bunch of spots. Um, any more four stars? Maybe. I don't know. Paul said there will be five stars on Oklahoma when they come to Nipper. Paul's right. Silly Paul. He he said, when will we see our first five-star player play at UC? Silly oh, Paul. Um, I, I see what you did there. Silly Paul. Silly uh, Willie. I don't, maybe never. I don't know. You know there's, only, out there there's only 32. Never, yeah. That have never landed a five-star. There's 32, and they go to like four schools, five schools. Like, I don't know what to tell you. How about a five-star that is committed to the basketball program that is just on the field on a visit? Does that count? We, we've had those already. Yeah. Or, well, we've had five stars visiting the basketball right. program right. on the field of the football game, yeah. I mean, those, those count, so we'll see. All right. Um, moving on to the basketball portion of the mailbag who from the current roster is using the last year of eligibility after this year. And how does this affect Wes's recruiting? Who's in their last year of eligibility. I think that was the way that they, the after this year part throws me like, I, I don't know <laughs> the COVID stuff. I don't have any, I don't, I don't know. What? Odie. I, I believe John Newman is done. I believe Odie is done. Unless they get medical Richard. <laughs> and and that's like, it. <laughs> I think those are the two, right? Those are the yeah, main two. The Everybody two. else will at least have the option yeah. of another, another year. Every transfer said they, they had at least two years left. Yeah. And then Vic is... Do you think that was something they prioritized when they were looking at transfers? Uh, I think you just it just plays out how it plays out. I think you'd always like to have guys with multiple years. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, 
but but right now with the until we get done with the COVID year stuff, it's so stupid. It's also stupid <laughs> because it's like shit. This guy, this guy was a freshman in 2016, or like he was in the 2016 class, and he's still in college basketball in 2023. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. Any changes to the mini hot board Chad posted earlier in the summer for 24 recruits? Not really. We'll go back and revisit once we get through July. Um, and I'll do like an actual, that was like a mini, like I said, a mini, like you said, a mini hot board. I'll go back and do an actual hot board once we get through July as a primer to what's coming up in terms of uh, fall visits and how many spots there are. Like, I don't even know what Tyler in the fold Again, you only have two guys you're for sure are leaving. Yeah. Uh, and, and you want to keep a spot or two open for transfers. I don't know how big this class is going to be ultimately. Right. So that part's going to be interesting. Hopefully right. I'll have a better feel for that when we get through July. But I'll do another one uh, late July, early August, right? Like kind of the last thing basketball thing I do for a month, right. As we get to, uh, to the start of camp, higher ground. The that's the uh, end of the basketball portion, the baseball portion of the mailbag. Ooh. The rare baseball portion uh, comes from Twitter. How do you think the fan base would be? If you see baseball takes off central Michigan was pretty damn good. I, I mean, think I think they would embrace it. Yeah, I was gonna say you saw some some of the crowds at the UC baseball games were pretty pretty electric. Yeah, especially if you're bringing in Big Twelve opponents, I think yeah. that you may very well. And not to well, mention, I mean, you have like TCU, like you get a top ten TCU coming in for a weekend series, or you know, you're also yeah, gonna have I a think... new stadium that people are gonna want to check out with the what isn't there gonna be like a left field like beer deck or something like that. Uh, there's plans for a bunch of stuff, yeah. It's what but, I've seen on Twitter, I feel like. But I, I mean, you also saw how just the city itself embraced the Reds blowing up being good and FC Cincinnati. Uh, so I, I think in the summer, they're looking for anything to kind of grab a hold of and, you know, yep. really really have some fun. And, I, I mean, that would be the, obviously the early parts of summer for the UC team. But, you know, those 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 months where there's really not much going on, I think a lot of people would probably be like, "All right, yeah, let's let's go ahead to this UC game." They're you know they've they're ten games above five hundred. Let's go check them out. They're tracking for the NCAA tournament. And they got a top ten team coming to right. town. Right. Let's go. Yeah. If there's an excuse for Shotskis or the Bearcat involved in dugout shenanigans, I'm here for <laughs> right. it. Right. Hey, baby. Here for all of it. All right. And the banks portion of the mailbag. Uh, who would win in a Roman candle fight? I, not me. I will not be in a Roman candle fight. I'm a 45-year-old single dad. I'm not lighting Roman candles and aiming them at anybody. I think we should all take the Roman candles and as UC Merck was Aim there to UC Merck. watch. Right. Yes. Yes. Uh, also, what are the best fireworks in your opinion? The ones that I'm really far away from. <laughs> I think watch them in the sky. I think Royer and Nico would be fun to just kind of watch them run around with Roman candles, but that's just a that's just a me thing. Um, but aside from that, I I mean, how, Chad, how how are the dogs doing with fireworks this year? Are they? Tiger hates it. Yeah, 
the, the puppy doesn't seem to mind too bad. She's just laying right here. Yeah. Tiger Tiger is curled up in a ball back here in the corner, like shaking. Yeah. He is not a fireworks guy at all. Yeah. Bailey uh, hates. That's like I want to. I want to. I want to throat punch every person that lights off like mortar shells at two o'clock in the afternoon. What the fuck is wrong with you, asshole? <laughs> the best fireworks, in my opinion, are the WEBN fireworks, followed by the Cincinnati Reds victory fireworks. Oh, what about fireworks Friday during the Taylor Swift show? So that people can't hear the Taylor Swift show. Those those aren't the best that, because they weren't long enough. They should have had an hour long fireworks display for all the assholes who showed up to watch the Taylor Swift show outside the stadium. Oh I was one of those assholes. I know. And you're fired. Why... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, if, if there has ever been more of a closet Swifty than Aaron Smith, oh, it's then, Aaron. He's he's, I mean, he's listening to to anti hero. Yeah, the the second this show ends, he's like, he's gonna like take take the headphones me. off, put I'm his other problem, headphones on, me. and like put put <laughs> lipstick on his face. You know, just uh, that's a reference. Got me, got me a it's Steve it's Buscemi. A on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since Aaron cannot be trusted, I'm posting this here and on the Twitter thread. Rapid fire, fireball whiskey or Jägermeister? Fireball. I don't, Jägermeister, no, 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 no. Fireball is still whiskey, so fireball. Unless you buy the small ones. You saw that? Those are actually malt. Like, uh, yeah, malt beverage, yeah. Yeah. But But, they uh, they asked actual fireball whiskey. Fireball whiskey. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, my, my business partner loves freaking Jaeger bombs for some reason. So I've been, I've been taking those recently, but I, I don't love them for me. It's fireball, <laughs> especially, uh, on the golf course. Can't go wrong. I hate them both. Uh, but so I'll drink either and just not be happy about it, but yeah. Uh, snow cone or Slurpee? Um, snow cone easy. Easy. I'm gonna go Slurpee. I'm gonna go Snowco. I I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna lie again. I I don't really like either. But uh, if I have to pick, I'm gonna go Snowco on a hot day. There's a Hawaiian snow place here in Florence that's got a machine from Hawaii, like the real, like the real, the yeah. real Hawaiian snow, where it's like I can get behind a, that. Yeah. The, yeah. And they put ice cream in the middle of it, oh. so you get the creamy ice cream part too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You can do that in the Slurpee too, where you get the ice cream right in the middle. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, skins, uh, herpes, or having to go to a UCF tailgate every week. Still a tailgate. Because I've been to a UCF tailgate. Yeah, I've been still to a UCF tailgate. Still, still UCF tailgate. still hasn't really figured out how to do it right for their tailgate scenes. Way too widespread. Agreed. They, they they have no idea to just like let's kind of centralize everything yeah. instead it's just pockets here and there but I mean it's still a fun time it's still so, better than herpes yeah oh 100 of the time every time every time. every, yeah, every still better time. than herpes and and also That's... oh as skins also reached out to me on Twitter so I want to go ahead and, and touch on that here um I didn't uh I didn't reply because it was you know in the midst of this wild weekend that was um but he he did ask about the uh, 
the potential to uh, to find funding for the AAC updates. Um, he's asking for a friend, and I think I'm going to reply to him and say Aaron is still on board with the weekly AAC updates. Uh, we just need what? What's the funding up to? Uh, uh, here's the problem. It's going to have to come from you. Your company is going to have right. to sponsor the, the AAC, AAC updates. Wrap and then up. that money goes directly to me. And then and I then make you Aaron can do decide it. If Aaron, yeah, okay. That's the mailbag. Get us out of here, Brent. <laughs> no, no, no final cookie crumbs, nothing. I, I mean, this is like this is good for those out there that traveled for the fourth of July. And, and uh, you're heading on your way home. You can just yeah. spin this real quick. You know, you got some got some BCJ pod you can listen to. So um, but yeah, I don't really have any cookie crumbs. Like we're okay. we are what we are. It's a it's a little bit of a lazy Monday. Um Hopefully we are, you know, we're going to have to start doing preview stuff. Like we are on our way now that we're in July. We are a month from camp. Yeah. So it's going to, things are going to start picking up. Samuel Measle, you must be new here. Um, the uh, It's it's an inside joke. So we'll, we'll invite you in. Uh, there was a certain group of, of BCJ faithful that wants Aaron to continue to do his uh, as torture his, his 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 beautiful AAC recap as torture, even though we have moved on to the Big Twelve. Because the Big Twelve yeah. recap will happen, but uh, the correct yeah, answer they, is there's no damn reason, Samuel. No damn reason. <laughs> Just to torture Aaron. That's the only reason. Yeah, there, there you go. But uh, hey, guys, a, a a huge shout out to America. Oh happy, yeah, happy Fourth of July. Hell yeah. Happy birthday. Welcome uh, to Earth, bitch. Be be safe. Be be fun. Be proud. Be happy. But hey, we are in the Big 12. We're in the Big 12, guys. There's there's ain't nothing you can do to take that back. But here we are. We're we're living, man. But uh, you know what? Shouts to America. Shouts to Chad. Shouts to Aaron. Shouts to Danco Transmission. Shouts to Quick Paper Supply. We love everyone. Love you, BCJ. Love you. Love you, love you. But uh, for my guys, my pals, partners, and, and shouts to Ryan. Hopefully you listen. We love you, buddy. But uh, en- enjoy this and, 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 and play safe tomorrow, by the way. Uh, but, hey, yet again, for Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel, I am Brent Young. Another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. Happy Independence Day. See ya! <laughs>